Hello and good evening and welcome to the latest episode of the Mudgecast. I'm your I'm your host Scott Munro. Welcome to episode 158. Uh, we'll be reviewing Roma 0, Atalanta 1, Roma losing 1-0 to, with an XG of 3.28 on Sunday evening. With me tonight, I have both James and Imran. How are we both on this Monday evening? Okay, thank you. Okay, too. Should we get into the meat and the bones of this? Uh, Roma lost 1-0 to Atalanta yesterday evening. Uh, that was the first defeat since, I think, December 2020 to Atalanta. Uh, they had three games unbeaten uh, over the last two seasons, uh, winning both games last season and the draw at the end of the 2020-2021 season. Giorgio Scalvini scored the only goal, I think, 35 minutes into the game. Roma had so many opportunities. I think it was five or six guilt-edge opportunities to get back into the game or even potentially win it. They could have had a penalty when Demoral brought down Zaniolo at the end of the first half. We had his shorts ripped off. Uh, he had his almost his penis showed on national TV and in front of 60-odd thousand people when his shorts were pulled off in the, in the second half. Um, oh, don't want to talk about uh, the referee yesterday, but James, I come to you first, and Imran, I come to you second. What were your thoughts almost a day afterwards of Roma's performance against Atalanta? If the finishing was a lot better, the scoreline could have been a lot, lot different. Yes, although I would say some of the chances were like when I think of Abraham's, uh, the big one he missed was the one in the first half, towards the end of the first half, when he was put through. Uh, clean through one on one with the goalkeeper and just misjudged the uh, the uh, like dribble, tried to knock the ball around the goalkeeper and too hard, and it went. I think that was his intention, not to try and score with his first time shot, and obviously it went too far ahead and crept just the wrong side of the post. And the the other one in the first half when he. Uh, shot from close range and uh, Sportiello made a, a good save but I think that was a more difficult much more difficult chance and then the best chance in the second half I thought was Shomurodov um, who really you know he had an open goal really and headed it the wrong side of the post so some of the other chances were a bit um, you know half chances but um, so the finishing was an issue but um, Really, when you looked at it overall, I think like it was a bit like the game on Thursday where the first half performance was quite poor actually and um and Atalanta played really poorly, I think throughout the ninety minutes, even in the second half, you know when they could have maybe exploited a bit more on on the break, didn't really counter attack very well at all and um Defend, I mean, they defended fairly well, but I think part of the problem is, again, that we play a lot, I've noticed, we play a lot in front of the opposition defence, you know, passing the ball across the pitch in front of the defence. Because we don't make that many good runs, it makes it more difficult to get in behind the defence. And, uh, I mean, we did it, uh, I know we did it, that incident towards the end of the first half when Zaniolo was fouled, you know, um, probably started outside and carried on inside the penalty area. Uh, should have been a penalty kick, really. But um, 
But that was one of the few occasions, certainly in the first half, where we managed to get in behind them. And uh, and I think that comes down to... And, and of course, Atalanta's goal came from a very good run. The ball was right out by the touchline. And uh, Atalanta player, I forget who it was, they got into a... made a good run down the uh, uh, side of the penalty area. First time cross. And I think it was Cristante really ended up in no man's land. He followed the the uh, the other players towards the goal area and left a big gap on the edge of the penalty area. And while it was an excellent finish, when you look at the time and space that he had on the edge of the penalty area, you can't really afford to be giving, you know, players, even central defenders, <laughs> um, that kind of uh, opportunity. So I think overall, um, a bit... Uh, Underwhelming performance, I would say. Imran, do you echo James's thoughts? Yeah, I do. I think um, we didn't deserve to lose. Uh, we did deserve to win. But, I mean, if you look at the whole picture of the game, but that doesn't take away the fact that it was a poor performance because uh, when you give your opponent, like James said, space the way we did, you're you will be punished, and that's exactly what happened to us. And it's, it's not something new. It keeps happening every game. We've been highlighting and pointing out that in almost every episode, but hasn't really been addressed uh, because the, the, the problem is still there. It keeps happening, and we get punished uh, almost every time uh, through situations like that. And you will... The chances that you will be punished are even higher when you face an opponent like Atalanta. We didn't have the best game yesterday, but like you said, uh, they they got the result. They defended well, uh, and it, it's a bit like uh, the win we had last December, where we took the counter that we relied on counter attacks and did well, uh, while uh, they missed a lot of the chances. Uh, so, yeah, we, we probably didn't deserve to lose, but still not good enough, I would say. Do you, uh, James highlighted this, and uh, a lot of people on social media have pointed this out, and I'm starting to think about this. Do you think Jose's a little bit too over-reliant on the two central midfielders? He's a bit stubborn and won't change. James mentions Brian Cristante at fault for the goal. He was also at fault for the, I think, one of the goals in Ludogorets. I don't think you can play both Matic and Cristante together. Um, you can play one or the either. You can't play them both together. Probably not, but I don't think it will change if, if you play with Kamara there. It's not about the type of players to an extent it can be yes but yesterday I don't think that was the main issue it was just the system we have a dysfunctional system because essentially if you look at a team when they play you see a formation which is more or less five two three so basically you have the midfield is uh, is a very crucial part of mm. the game that's where all the battles happen and we have Literally, just two men there. Uh, we have no one else uh, contributing as it should in that in that midfield. And I think more than 
uh, you know, singling out individuals. I think it's a it's a dysfunctional system which which exposes us like that game after game and it has not been addressed. Then you can go on and complain as much as you like about missing chances, etc., etc. Et but the real issue remains the midfield. You just have to close that space. You cannot you cannot go on. Uh, game after game giving your opponent that advantage because um, yeah it, it will be it, it will prove eventually costly and it has already it's happened what three or four times this season I think we've counted um, there was chances uh, I think I didn't get to see the Juventus game live because I was uh, at a game myself uh, but like in the Cremonese game it happened um the game in Europe against Ludogorets, me and you, Imran, we had a, a frank discussion about it. And then it happened again yesterday. This It's time after time there's this mistakes in the midfield. Like the Ludogorets one is still going to haunt me for a long, long while when a lot of people, including myself, have said on social media that they can't play together. Um, it, but would you? we said a, a switch in, in a system. I think a three-man midfield suits them. I don't know if Jose will be stubborn, not stubborn enough to change it. Would you agree? Uh, it's, yeah, well, I mean, three men, it's it's about it's about the players you have there and how they move, how they work as a unit. I think that's, that's why I keep saying a dysfunctional system. I think if you make two midfielders, central midfielders, uh, or the team as a unit move in the right way and how they contribute in defense, then you can close that space. And every time I see the game, I just think to myself, you know, just close the freaking space. Mm. Just just close it. But it, it doesn't happen. It, it feels like, you know, some of the players who are defending uh, when we defend very deep, you would like to have some of them probably be a bit more, not like a defensive midfielder, but just just close that space. And I think more than having uh, three men there or two men here, I think it's about a, collect- uh, a collective uh, team effort where you need to move um, yeah, basically as a unit to close the space mm. uh, and not just fall too deep or, uh, or have the big gaps that you have between the attack and defense. It feels like there's no game in between there and I think the most important game happens in the midfield because that's how you dominate that's how you create chances that's how you uh, avoid dangers uh, from your opponents and uh, yesterday we were a bit better than that apart from that one situation but uh, overall that has been uh, a big issue yeah I completely agree Um, should should all three of us talk about the theatrics in the second half Uh, Mourinho got sent off after a non-penalty call. Um, Zaniolo and our, sorry, I'm going to butcher his name, the young Atalanta defender, is it Okoiloi? Um, who, they both grabbed, it was six and one and half a dozen in the other. Mm. The second dive from Zaniolo to, was god-awful. He should have had a penalty in the first half. Um, if, I just think if he stayed on, if he went down, he would have got it. But he was stayed on his feet. feet. But James, uh, you, we we like to talk about refereeing decisions, and we always have a good discussion about this. 
what was your thought on the theatrics of uh, for about a minute, minute and a half yesterday afternoon? Yeah, I was very disappointed by that because, I mean, I don't really want to win that way where... I mean, I think in the second half there was no penalty kick because there was sort of fouling going on between the two players. Yeah, they both grabbed each other's shirts, yeah. Yes, and I, I think um, it would have been harsh to have given a penalty kick. There was a, clearly a foul in the first half. Whether or not he goes down, falls in the penalty area is is really neither here nor there, but the referee and, and the VAR didn't intervene. But, I mean, they should have done. But nevertheless, I think this, this um, sort of attitude towards referees does no one any favours, really. We don't want to win by... Um, <clears throat> you know, we want add just desserts on a fair game from the referee, but um, I think it's totally unnecessary. And now we're not going to have you know a coach on the touchline probably for the next game. Um, so I don't uh, think Inter will anywhere because their coach is under pressure at the moment. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. So I was um, I was disappointed by that, mm. and um, I think. Uh, I think it was, uh, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it seems like it sort of adds to this kind of, uh, the world's against us mentality, mm. you know, but I don't, I, I, in my opinion, that's not cultivating a very positive, uh, mentality among the players. Imran, I come to you because you do some tweets from the La Magicast account and, uh, there were some tweets flying around yesterday evening. <laughs> what your thoughts on Jose's hot-headedness? I think he, the one in the first half was definitely a penalty. The second one, it was six and one half a dozen in the other. And the the sec, third dive from Zaniolo was just laughable. Um, it, it needs to stop. It was like the one he got in the derby last year, which I'm still shocked almost a year later that that was never overturned. Um, it was a moment of madness. Would you agree? <laughs> it was. I wonder what he thought when he saw the replay because yeah. <laughs> that was never a penalty. The one uh, where his uh, sh- uh, uh, where his shirt was pulled by Demirel, where he didn't fall, that could have qualified to penalty if he was a bit more theatrical, but mm. he wasn't. I got punished for it. Um, the other one where. Uh, uh, I think the other situation where, where everyone wants a penalty where his short uh, was pulled. Yeah, we almost uh, saw Zaniola Jr. at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> when his shorts were pulled there, I think that one uh, was 50-50 because he did pull uh, the shirt of the opponent as well. So mm. I, I wouldn't say that was a Stonewall penalty, although it might look like it if you if you look at that incident and the, you know, the, the last... Uh, th- third part of the video which is being circulated but the situation leading to that uh, Zaniolo pulls his shirt you know equally much so so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't call that a penalty but the other one could have been if Zaniolo would have been a bit more clever but he wasn't so we got punished for it Do we expect something to come in in the next week or so that uh, Daniele Chiefy will be refereeing in Serie B or Serie C in in the next couple of weeks (laughs) after his performance? I don't think it was that bad. 
No, I don't think it, no. Some uh, decisions were bad. Him not booking Darun in the first half. Yeah, that was bad. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's enough to send him to no. Serie B. I don't think it was. It was a performance that was uh, as bad as people wanted to be. No, I I did put a tweet out saying that he probably will be. It's not Fabio Maresca's esque style, but no, it was. I think there was some decisions that could have been dealt better. The Martin Darun one in the first half, where he's, uh, I think I think it was on Zaniolo, where he's literally passed him, and he just grabs his shirt. It's nothing, but no. Um, I wanted to talk about a couple of players. Uh, in the Roman team at the moment. Um, Tammy Abraham, um, Imran, I'll come to you first, and James afterwards. Do you think he should be benched at the moment for Bellotti? Um, because his performances in some of the games recently has been absolutely diabolical. Yeah, they have. He's completely out of form, and playing him doesn't really contribute too much because he's unable to... Uh, he's unable to contribute um, like he should. And I wonder if uh, Bellotti had been signed a few months earlier, I mean, a few months, uh, in July, let's say, and mm. he got a full preseason, I think we would be in a different situation. But considering the fact that he hasn't been there for that long... Uh, I think it's just under a month. It's just under a month. It's a bit uh, premature to just start him on top, especially in a top game like Atalanta, where uh, Abraham is more match fit um, despite being out of form. So, But I think after the international break, if Abraham's poor performance persists like this, it, he could be dropped. Um, so, But I think it would be a bit too early now, but uh, hopefully... Hopefully he will get back to uh, you know his good old form, which he had in the second part of last season. Mm-hmm. He's just going through a difficult spell, but uh, frustrating for him, but also for us. But um, it's normal; it can happen to any players. Of any course, players, yeah. Any players, so. James, what are your, your thoughts on Tammy Abraham's? I would say slump in form, just uh, not finding his feet in front of goal in recent games. Yeah, although he did score the winner at Empoli. Remember? He did, yes. Yeah. He, he didn't. Have, to be honest, he didn't really have a good game in that game either. No, he didn't. No, that's right. And I, for that reason, I think it was a mistake to sub him off yesterday because I think had he got that chance that Shamorodov got, he probably would have scored. Um, uh, and I'm aware, of course, that Shamorodov scored a similar goal against Ludogorets uh, a couple of weeks ago from a similar position, but. Um, I think Abraham probably would have scored that goal. So certainly, as things stand, for the time being, I would be—I wouldn't support like dropping him and so on. But you know that may change as time goes on. But I think uh, not not for the time being. Knowing him, he'll probably score against Italy in the Nations League on Friday yes. evening, as we were talking pre-pod, James. Um, I want to ask you both how. Bigger blow was losing Dybala pre-game because I think if he was on the pitch yesterday because of the type of spaces he creates and the quality he's proved to be been in in the last few weeks, it was a massive blow, wasn't it? it? It was. But, I mean, you know, if you think about the game on Thursday, you know, first half very underwhelming. 
never really looked like scoring. And then Dybala enters within a couple of minutes goal. So, but I, I really want to see how, you know, this constant relying on, and I know that was a well-worked goal that he scored, you know, it was a nice mm. pass into Pellegrini, great flick and uh superb uh, first time finish, but by Dybala, but you know, it, I think we're overly, you can't be overly reliant on individual moments of brilliance. And mm. uh, I think we should have, um, particularly against, you know, we have to say Atalanta did not play well. They don't seem to be the Atalanta of the re- of recent seasons, the team that's qualified for the Champions League a few times. So I think, um, you know, uh, I want to get away from this uh, being overly reliant on an individual and being able to, what you need to do, of course, across a nine-month season is to be able to bring players in and your pattern of play, um, if you do rely on, you know, so-called reserve-type players, you know, your pattern of play is um, is sustainable and you you may lose a bit of quality, but you've got that pattern of play to, uh, to um, rely upon. But we we don't really have that. So we're often reliant on a moment of magic from someone. And and um, I think that's a more disappointing thing. I mean, it's inevitable that at some point Dybala will not be available for one mm. reason or another. Mm. And I think, um, you know, uh, you have to uh, you have to cope with that and, and uh, be, be realistic, you know. And I think it's our lack of... Uh, you know, if you like, a clearly defined pattern of play, particularly in attack, that um, uh, undermines us in coping with his absence. Uh, Imran, what were your thoughts on Dabala's injury? Because it came, uh, what, 20 minutes before kickoff yesterday evening, and it was a massive blow. I think if he was on the pitch, I think the scoreline would have been different. Yeah, it probably would have. And... Uh... It was a massive blow, but I, I don't think you should be. I don't. I don't think you should be heavily reliant, dependent on individual players. It just. Mm. It just shows the weakness uh, of a team or the system. Because I think you, if you have a good system, any player can come in and have a good performance because uh, the system will bring out the best in you. While if you always look to individuals, then. Then you are prone to 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 fail because uh, injuries will happen to players. Of course, it's a massive blow, but I don't think uh, I don't think we should blame that injury for the result because um, any any team can lose important players. And uh, Atalanta lost their goalkeeper yesterday. Yeah, well, Musa, that that looked horrible, by the way. Mm. Yeah. The nasty clash of heads. It was with, it was with Demarel, wasn't it? It was a, a, a header which he did. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you both about the injuries because it's been a bit of a a whirlwind. Um, there's a couple more injuries. Uh, there was a couple of players in the stands yesterday. You saw Daboe, uh, El Shawari, Kumbula, uh, and then Dabala. Um, you had Nicholas Zaleski pull up with an injury in recent weeks, and now you've got Rick Carstel who's had a meniscus injury. This was bound to happen in a, in a World Cup year with the, the, the first half of the season condensed into such a small playing time, but it's... It's becoming a bit of a worry now, isn't it? Or do Roma have a better depth squad in, as they have in previous seasons? 
Well, I mean, last um, season, if you remember, we seemed to ha- be a bit blessed. You know, we didn't have all these injuries. And I don't think it is inevitable because you look at the other, some of the other squads, and they don't really have that many uh, important players who are so, so, certainly not the numbers, the names you reeled off there. You know, uh, over a very short spit. And you know, we are at, we are in mid September, mm. in mid. April or something, you know, so wear and tear will be, um, won't be as a bigger factor. Fatigue won't be as bigger a factor, you know, these contributing factors to injuries. So I'm, I'm a bit perplexed as to why there've been so many. uh, And particularly I was reading today, particularly muscular injuries. So I don't know if that relates to, you know, pre-season preparation maybe wasn't uh, sufficient. In, but um, obviously, we hope that uh, this subsides. But this incidence of injury subsides. But in recent seasons, when when this has started to happen, we've had quite a lot of injuries early on. It tends to set the trend for the season, and that tends to be a bit of a chronic become a chronic problem during the season. So, if precedent is anything to go by we're probably going to expect a pretty injury plague season obviously we hope that isn't the case but i think that's probably likely i hope it isn't the case either Imran, what were your thoughts uh i think um yeah considering what james said uh, i agree to an extent about the uh, muscular injuries uh, but the other injuries, uh, I think we were just unlucky, especially Wijnaldum. And, oh, yes, uh, I forgot Wijnaldum, sorry. <laughs> and uh, the, this minuscule tear which uh, Karstorp got, it, it's, it was not a complete rupture because it, it would have required a longer period out. Now, mm. he underwent a surgery yesterday, as, uh, today, I think it was just an arthroscope scopic uh, reconstruction so he won't probably be out for that long i think we're there rumored to be out for six weeks and then it will be a short rehabilitation uh, so that's still better than uh, what could have potentially happened and then we have some of the muscular injuries yes uh, i think we're early in the season as well so it, it, i think it's it's too early to say how it will affect the rest of the season whether it will get better or we will keep having them uh, for now. I think it's too early to say, but I hope things will start getting better. And now with the international break, it will give us some time to breathe and um, uh, we will have uh, some of the players back. Some, some of the players will have rest as well. Uh, so, so yeah. Uh, Pellegrini got also injured in yesterday's game, didn't he? But he played on. I think Jose Mourinho said in his post-match press conference yesterday that he wanted to stay on, and he did stay on. So that's a, another injury. I don't think Pellegrini. I think me and James are talking pre-pod that I don't think Pellegrini will get called up to the Italy squad. He, he has, but I think he might pull out. But uh, the injury, uh, the, the, it's a bit worrying at the start of the season. But as the international break is coming we hope to see some players come back to fitness I, I was a bit worried with Rick Castle because he has had knee problems before but he's had 18 to 20 months of playing a lot of football I don't know if that's caught up with him would you agree Imran? Yeah I agree with what you're saying yeah 
Yeah, it's, it's been a lot. Um, we got we got one listener's question, and thank you to uh, Yusuf who uh, replied to our to our comment, which I think yourself and Ram put out at twenty past twelve my time. So it's been in the afternoon for yourself. Um, it's, it's like a two parter, and we may have also always sorry we may have also talked about this subject. How much do you think the ref impacted the game? The way I see it, him not giving a foul on Zaniolo's first instant because he tried to play the ball instead of falling made Zani look like look for the foul instead on the second, not really a foul, and the third, definitely a foul, incidents. And because Zani looked for a foul in the second incident, which was correctly not given, ref become biased against Zaniolo if he wasn't already and not given the third incident when his shorts came off and you almost saw his cock. Uh, disastrous game management by the ref IMO, which doesn't excuse the finishing. <laughs> I like the second part. Um, bit of a whirlwind, but we did really discuss Chiefy and Zaniolo at the first point. I, I, I gather you two don't want to repeat what you already said earlier. Well, I mean, it, 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 just reiterate, really, he wasn't decisive. And yeah. I mean, if you, if you, what's been interesting this season, I would say the game, like, I don't think Maresca had a particularly good game when we played away at Udinese. And I think that Celic was fouled at 1 0 and should have had a penalty kick. If you remember, he got pushed from behind. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah. And and then, but you know, as Mourinho said afterwards, you can't lose four 0 and start talking about the referee. You know, even of course, if there yeah. Are issues. But yeah. A game where I think we were really penalised by the the officials was in the game in Bulgaria when at nil nil, Pellegrini was in the first half was fouled in the. There was two. There was, was two incidents. Sorry, James. There, there was two incidents. Yeah. He was fouled as he tried to shoot in the penalty area, clearly fouled, and the referee and VAR did not intervene. And then in the second half, Dybala was fouled at the other end in the penalty area, blatantly fouled, Mm. nothing given by the referee on the pitch or the video assistant. So um, that was the game where I think we... And, of course, we ended up losing that game. And I think putting qualification in serious jeopardy um, so that that was the game, if anything, where we were really penalised by the uh, officials. But I, I don't think um, it would be helpful to, you know, go on about the referee yesterday. To be honest, yeah. Um, quick sidebar: Do you think the officiating so far this season in Serie A has got worse than last season? There's been a lot of missed stuff, and there was also the incident last Sunday evening, which was comical at best. Yeah, I, yeah, I would say the refereeing is. Um, I mean, it was p- pretty poor last season. I think it's more or less continued in the same vein this season. Generally, I think. Yeah, I mean, like that incident remind me of the one when Acherbi scored that winner for Lazio. I think on in, day thirty-seven last season. Yeah, in Spezia, Spezia yeah, yeah. Video assistant referee used the wrong player to decide if he was in an offside position or not. <laughs> so um, when you when you get to that level, you're sort of thinking, yeah, it's a bit like. You're in the lap of the gods. What what decision you're going to get? You know, it's like the blind leading the blind. Um, Imran, I probably won't ask you about the instance again <laughs> about the referee. And be like repeating yourself. Uh, I, 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 yeah, no, I just I just don't think the 
referee impacted the game as much no, as no, some no. people say. So, uh, no. yeah. we, we, we lost due to our own incompetence. Yeah, finishing. Um, do you think that's becoming a bit of a worry now? We are turning into XGFC, where our XG is pretty much higher than what we are now. There's a lot of um, lot of missed opportunities in recent games, and it's it's going to well, hurt us. If I may come in there, um, it's interesting, this thing about goal scoring being a perennial problem, because uh, certainly since Fonseca left, because, I mean... This season in the league, I think only in two games did we score more than one goal against Monza and against Embley. Embley. I think. Yeah. So in seven, we played seven games this season in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And only two games we scored more than one goal. And um, in and last season, if you remember, in the Conference League, in in the, the entire knockout stage, seven matches. We only scored more than one goal once in the quarterfinal second leg against so, Bodo. Yeah, yeah. So um, this thing about goal scoring is a parent, you know, has been around for quite a while. It's not a new issue, you know. Um, and and I was already looking. We we're already starting to fall behind among the teams in the upper part of the table um, in terms of goal scored. So. It's definitely, you know, you can't keep relying on clean sheets, you know, to win games. Mm. It's not sustainable. So, um, yeah, I think it is an issue. I think one yeah, game... So oh, sorry, Emma, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Sorry. No, no, I, I, I just I agree with James because I think uh, statistics, they can tell you something. I think we had a long talk about statistics mm. some we time have, yeah. last season. But I think, I think you cannot just break everything down to statistics and you know simplifying things by just pointing to numbers because you don't need to watch Roma for a long time to see that there's something which is not functioning. It's a dysfunctional mm. system. I think you cannot you cannot explain that always with statistics because it's you can have. Uh, Chance. I mean, you can you can top certain statistics like expected goals or expected points or whatever, but it's a chronic problem. It's been going on for a long time, and it has to be addressed. It has to be there has to be some sort of change. You can just, you cannot just keep saying every week that uh, we yeah we should be doing much better uh, because the expected goals. Uh, yeah, we have the highest expected goals in Serie A this season. Yeah, okay, but you didn't score. And mm. there are other teams that did score and they play a better football with higher intensity. I mean, we play such a low intensity yes, game and we, do, we don't have any pressing. I think there was some statistic circulating for you know those who are interested in statistics about uh, pressing. We are the second worst team in Serie A when it comes to pressing. Do you know who the worst is? Juventus. Yes, Juve and Rover. I saw the same stat this morning. Yeah, I mean, if anything, you can use that stat to say, uh, I mean, and I'm not saying that pressing is the only way to go forward in football. That's not what I'm saying. But with us, it's an obvious problem because we are unable to press in areas where we should press, where we should have men, you know, position to close down the space we don't do that it's a returning problem in every game that's why i say that this statistic is relevant for us 
uh, and like well, let's say would expect goals okay how do you address that how do you become more clinical you have to do something in a, in, in training you have to become more clinical can I just go out every week uh, for a second season in a row and be uh, this inefficient then this, uh, for how long can you blame the players if you're not getting across the message or uh, the players are not good enough to follow your instructions okay but yeah, it's more than just that. It's more than just looking at statistics and say that, yeah, you know, we've just been unlucky. No, we're not unlucky. We're incompetent. We're not doing what's expected from us. That's because if you keep saying unlucky, unlucky, and one, because if you're unlucky, what it basically means that you just have to keep doing the same thing and eventually it will work, but it's, it hasn't worked for a long time. So you have to start playing much better with higher intensity with uh, a pressing which uh, can result in you closing down space so you don't give your opponents areas where they can just punish you as easily as you did, it was done yesterday i think these these issues need to be addressed and you can't just run away from that problem you can't just hide away from that problem you can't just sugarcoat that problem because it's obvious it's there it's been a problem for a long while i would say probably since Belletti left would you agree or would you go even further back? Well, I think it's a bit... Well, it, it has been an on-and-off problem, but uh, the first season under Di Francesco, especially in the Champions League, we played good football. I mean, mm. we played... Uh, we play, We had mature performances. If you look at our performances against Atletico Madrid, uh, well, that was more or less uh, Alisson. Uh, yeah, it was Alisson versus Atletico, uh, basically. Yeah, but then if you look at the Chelsea games, if you look at the Barcelona game, uh, the, the return leg, it was it was quality performance because we were never really threatened. And you have, I mean, Spalletti was different because Spalletti has a very, you know, he, he's a very system man. His teams play in a very specific manner. You know exactly what to expect uh, when you face a team coached by Spalletti. So it, it, that's why probably he gets across his messages, messages so early. He, his team plays in a very specific manner in a certain way so um, uh, that's different but Paulo Fonseca yeah that was a tenure which was which had a lot of ups and downs uh, above all defensive you know weaknesses priorities yes yeah we were very fragile in defense Uh, that's how I remember remember his spell and uh, losing games we shouldn't lose and also being bad against top six teams. Uh, ultimately, I don't think he got across his message as he should have. And it was also a f- system which was not optimal for a team like Roma. Uh, so we haven't really recovered. We haven't really changed much when it comes uh, to that sense. We're still not very good against top six teams, no. apart from a few games that we won. Against last uh, year. And yeah. Yeah, uh, so I, I think the, the 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 big issue is still there and still has to be addressed. It just won't go away if you expect players to be, you know, overnight uh, become more clinical because it, it's it's more than that. 
I agree. Uh, I was going to bring up that uh, top six uh, stat, but I think I'll leave that for the next game, which is against Inter Milan after the international break. Um, do you guys have anything else to add before I can wrap this podcast up? No. <laughs> I can see see that in, hear that in James's voice. He goes, nah, not not." Not today. No, that's enough. <laughs> uh, guys, you can follow, find us at lemagicast.com. We can find all our previous podcasts on the website and you can find us on all podcast platforms. So your Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify, Podbean, etc., etc. James, thank you very much for joining me on this Monday evening, uh, along with Imran. Thank you very much for both of you. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, that's enough for me. Uh, we have... Uh, a two-week international break. Um, we might have some pods next week. I'm yet to come up with what we can do. Well, as both James and Imran are here, should we do the second part of our Roma in the 90s pod? Yes. Yeah, we can. We can. We got up to, what was it, 96 or 97? And we can end, we can start again with Zenic Zeman's reign and then go all the way up to Capello's title win in 2001. I think yes, that'd be right. good 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 uh good yeah a good way to start <laughs> next week um but thank you very much for joining and uh for Sodoma and ciao ciao ciao